Welcome to another new episode of Tony the Movie Guy, the podcast. This episode is really fun. It's all about magic movies. And we have a very special guest, magician and illusionist Joseph Rayom. I will include all of his links in the show notes, so make sure to check him out. After this episode, you will be as in love with him as we are. Enjoy. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash Tony the Movie Guy. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. And now, on to the show. Hello, everyone. It's Tony the Movie Guy. And Miss Money Annie. And we have a special guest, my buddy, Joseph Rayom, magician illusionist. How are you guys doing? It's good to be here. Whew, I felt nervous. <laughs> I, know, name, uh, I pronounced your name right. It's perfect. Yeah, Joseph Rayom. You, got, you nailed it. You say it better than I do. Do I? Yeah. So, uh, look, I mean, I'm not going to be your, well, I am going to be like your number one fan here. But, I mean, you, number one, you're a super nice guy. You're so down to earth. But you are an incredible magician illusionist. Such a good magician. <laughs> I mean, you really are. Now, I will say this. Um, Joseph also has like a dear place in my heart because um, when my wife and I uh, were first together, we came up on stage during one of your magician shows. Yeah, you didn't really know each other yet. I put you both we in our neurolinguistic dating. programming yeah. and mm -hmm. like you guys are going to get married and then look at what happened. Is that what happened? Yeah, oh, just so you know, so I hate to spoil well, Yeah, I was pretty blitz that night. So I, apparently I didn't even really well. know what was going on. But uh, anyway, I mean, I remember that show was incredible. And then I've seen you uh, on a number of shows since then. And you're a member of the, uh, the prestigious uh, Magic Castle in Hollywood. Yep. Yeah, it's the Academy of Magical Arts. Also, in Hollywood, we know it as the Magic Castle, but yeah. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, so that's what but, I know but, it as. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, actually, uh, Joseph was so kind to recently just host uh, myself and some of my friends there, which we really appreciate. Yeah, that was a blast. Yeah, and I, I know you've been uh, on a, a whirlwind tour, and you've been on cruises and all this stuff. You're a busy man, but uh, we thought while you were in town, we would have you on the show. So I really appreciate you being on the show with us. Yeah, I'm happy to be here, guys. This is a, this is a nice change from sitting on cruise ships and <laughs> that doesn't sound that bad why don't, why don't we bring the mics what a hard you know life what? i'm gonna get you guys on the next cruise ship you bring the mics and we'll do it again sounds oh, good to I me i love it so much so i mean what i want to do is usually um our episodes are a specific theme mm -hmm. we cover like themes so i i would love to talk to you about you know movies about magic sure uh, when i was like thinking of them there weren't so many so it'll be interesting to hear your take as well but really also i mean i've been a fan of yours genuinely for as i said the last five years anyway so i'd love to talk to you kind of about your career first and then sure. we can kind of take a deeper dive into you know movies that inspire you and movies that kind of really feature magic and i guess ones you think that do it well the ones that don't and so on um, but how did you get started in in magic you know, I um, I got started when I was about five years old, 
And that's when I realized I wasted the first five years of my life. <laughs> no, that amazing. <laughs> no. So much the other night. No, it's, uh, it worked. Well. It's, um, I really did get started when I was about five. Um, my mom had a family friend. He put pennies in my brothers in my hands. And um, at that time in our life, it, it was we lived a little bit of a rough, rough childhood. Okay. And so that was kind of an escape. And when I saw that the effect it would create on my brothers, I really got inspired to be able to create that effect on other people, like being able to take people's minds off of whatever's going on in their normal everyday world. Well, when we were kids, that's what it was. I would do start doing these tricks for my brothers and it would, you know, just make them laugh and have fun and, and, and not be in whatever world we were in at that moment. Wow, that's cool. So that's what really kind of inspired you, mm -hmm. making yeah. them happy, making them like amazed at the trips. Yep. When I was 12 years old, um, you know, I got into it when I was really young, but once I was 12, I really started learning sleight of hand. And my, my father picked my brother Eli and I up and well, my, my brother was with him already, but he picked him up from somewhere and then came and got me. I learned this magic trick where I can take a stack of quarters. I put it in my brother's hand and had him make a fist over the quarters. I snapped my fingers. I was like, and he opens his hand and the quarters are gone. And I had them. And he looked at me with this blank stare and he goes, Joseph, you're, you're a magician. <laughs> and I remember that look and the feeling he had. And I, that was the first time in my life where I go, yeah. I'm a magician. Oh, that's, that's so awesome. yeah. And then from there, I just, I had the bug. So I just kept it going. I did my first paid gig when I was 15 years old. Wow. And then I toured, I started touring that year all over the Northwest. And then, um, and then just kept at it and started doing, you work in the corporate world a lot, did a lot of shows for like Microsoft and Macy's and Costco and, and a lot of those Boeing up in, in the Seattle area. And then, um, and then I did my first NBA halftime show. For 14,000 people. Wow. And How you, old were you with that one? That one was, uh, I would have been about 27. So I was into wow. it for a while now. This That's is about nice. 12 years into it. And um, I remember that was the first time where, well, let me back up a hair. When you make a bird appear, if I make a bird appear in front of an audience of, say, a couple hundred, the audience goes, whoa. Like right. as soon as that bird appears, they go, whoa. Yeah. When I did it at a halftime show, I make a bird appear and 14,000 people around me, I felt a physical sound wave hit me from all sides. I can imagine. And that was the second. I was like, yep, I need to be doing this for the masses. I need to do this for the world needs to know who I am, not just magicians or a few people at a restaurant table. And that's where I really decided like, okay, I need to get myself to LA so I can get on a television because that creates that same woo right. moment to millions as opposed to just a few exactly. people. That's incredible, which is a perfect transition because I was going to ask you about your shows because after the show that I attended with uh, Danny, who mm -hmm. was my girlfriend at the time and is now my wife, that's when we first met you. Then we started seeing you show up everywhere. All you over know? television. Yeah, then you you were on Wizard Wars, you were on Fake Off, you were on the, which one's the Penn and Teller show? Yeah, Fool Us, yeah, I did yeah, Fool Us. Yeah, and you were on American's Got Talent. <laughs> yeah. Um, so tell me about that. How did and, you get into that? What's some of the it, fun experiences doing that? Yeah, and... Uh, Three days ago, filmed Master's Illusion, which comes out this summer. That's awesome. So you see that. um, Do you know what network? Because we'll that'll be watching be on, it. That'll be on the CW. That's awesome. awesome. Yeah. Um, you know, actually, the television, I, I always knew I needed to get to L.A. to build my team. I wasn't going to L.A. to do shows. Right. I came here to get my attorney, my management, my representation, because I knew that and when I was in Washington, I was doing about 250 to 300 shows a year. But they weren't very big shows. They were like birthday parties and company picnics, and and so in that it must area, must be very hard work doing like three hundred like that. That's a lot of work. That's like a yeah. lot of traveling and a lot of. 
Yeah, well, all that was in that area. So I wasn't oh, okay. really doing much traveling. It was all in that northwest area. Like, got it. That's mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah. I was keeping busy, but it really I just felt like it wasn't really there. I was like a, a starting to become somewhat of a big fish in that pond. Mm. Right. But I was like, this is not reaching out to the world. Um, so that's where I decided I need to get to L.A., and that's where I'm going to build my team that will help me get my art out to the masses. But I um, But what happened, I won't get too in-depth on this part of the story, but I got injured really bad when I was first to L.A. I get photographed for this magazine. I got super excited because I'm getting momentum and this door opens to get to be working with this big celebrity, you know, photographer. Horrible accident happens, non-magic related. It uh, happened with the pyrotechnics and caught my arms on fire. Now, my left hand got second degree burn. My right hand, I lost 98 percent of every layer of skin off my hand. Now, as, Jesus a, ma- Christ. as, <laughs> as a magician, that's that's a nightmare. Yeah. So it was two years of recovery. It was like on a two year hiatus of surgeries and recovery. And then the first thing I was able to do was Wizard Wars on Sci-Fi. Wow. And when I got invited to do that show, I actually did a Skype interview with one of the producers. And um, and they, they go, look, we, we'd love to get you on the show. And I get a call back the day after. And they go, hey, we're really, we got to tell you that it's full. There's no, there's no room left. But the network had to have you, so they got rid of somebody. I feel bad for whoever that is. I don't oh know who God. it is. So if they're listening, I apologize. It's, you made that much of an impression. And, um, yeah, and so I got on it. And the reason why I want to tell the story about my hand getting burned is that the drive from that for two years of the potential loss of my hand as a magician, I think it was that drive that made me go, I have to win this show. So I went off and became the season finale winner of that show. And then that opened up doors. Hey, and we watched and my wife and I cheered the whole (laughs) way. Yeah, I I didn't even think of bringing up the hand because now, I mean, obviously that's a personal thing that happened and your persistence on it's incredible. But now you've made the hand like part of your signature. You wear this like sparkly glove and it just (laughs) adds to your kind of illusion and allure. It's awesome. Yeah, I've got got my Michael Jackson glove I wear sometimes. If you watch watch, uh, Penn and Teller's Fullest from CW that I was on that last year, um, in the whole interview, I wore the glove, and they did a little story on the, on the hand. So, it was, um, but yeah, now when I see people at the Magic Castle, a lot of people are like, oh, you mean the redheaded magician with the glove? I don't know that's if they crazy. even know my name, but <laughs> that's impressive, though. And also, that's so cool how you turned that around and you made it something positive. Sure. Yeah, and you know, it's interesting because I haven't, you know, I, I for a long time, for years, I wasn't able to tell the story at all, and now I'm excited because I can put that in my show. So when I'm on the cruise ships, I'm able to 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 tell a little bit about that. Right. And the great thing for me is if if there's even one person in the audience that's having troubles in life and if it can help inspire them to get over those hurdles, then then I feel like I've then that makes me even more happy than the effect that my magic creates. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, and I'll tell you something. Um I mean that's something that's always impressed me about you is you're I mean, you're very impressive. I think your illusions and your magic, I mean honestly, I'm like a, a kid. I'm like fuck, that is magic. You know, <laughs> how does he do it? I mean, when we went to the Magic Castle, um, actually the shows I loved was when you did like one-on-one shows with, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the friends and myself when we were hosting. Yeah. It was incredible and I can't figure it out. But you're also such a nice down-to-earth guy, oh, which you. I think really helps a lot as well. You know what I mean? So, I mean, I wish you nothing but success. But um, how did you get onto American's Got Talent? I'd love to hear about that. Yeah, so that one, the pr- so when I was on Fake Off, I was in a magic group called the Surrealists. We have Spidey. His name is Spidey. That's his actual like name. Spidey. I checked him out. He does great yep. stuff too. And, and Joel Myers. Both of them are phenomenal magicians. Um, Joel is a master sleight of hand guy, but he's also like the biggest college magician in the U.S. He does these huge tours. He does cruise ships now as well, but um, both super entertaining in their own ways. So all three of us had our own thing, and I was the illusionist of the group. And 
after that show, we made it to the finale with our Harry Potter themed one, and uh, which was, <laughs> was awesome. uh, it was so much fun. Was that the one where you did the monsters themed one as well? Yeah, we did the monsters theme. We did awesome. like a western. We did I was a Saint Nick kind of theme so and cool. or a theme, and then we did um, uh, history of electricity, and then yeah, Harry Potter. That's awesome. And we made it to the finale, and doors opened up a bit. I got some attention from the the America's Got Talent producers, and they called me. But at the exact same time, the Fool Us producers called me. Ooh. And they and both of them said, Joseph, we would like to have you on our show. And then a different producer from each show called and said, hey, are you, you're, you're with the Surrealists. We're interested in having the Surrealists. And I go, okay, well, this is a little tricky now because both Fool Us and America's Got Talent are asking mm. for the Surrealists, which I'm a part of. It's nice and to myself be in demand. To be, yeah, that was, I, I was like, okay, this is a good thing. And, yeah. and so I, I go to the Surrealists and I go to Joel and Spidey and I say, guys, this is the situation I'm being offered to be as a solo act or both. And to be totally honest, I love you like brothers, but I also need to, to create on my name. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to let you guys pick. Would you guys rather do America's Got Talent together or would you rather do Fool Us together? Whatever you don't pick, I'm going to do by myself. Hmm. So they said, let's America's Got Talent with 24 million viewers and the audition right. rounds. That's a little more, a little bigger platform. So we chose that. And the producers asked me, they said, can you come up with something? Uh, can you come up with something shocking for the auditions? Now, we knew we weren't going to be able to continue filming because all of us had tours and contracts. So we said we can do the audition rounds, and they asked if we could do something shocking. So I go, okay, I talked to Spidey. I go, hey, I want to do something with them. Um, I want to do this thing. What if we come out with a paper bag and we talk about um, going to the, the museum, like going to a museum when you're a kid and you put your hand in that dark creeper hole and you try to determine what something is by mm-hmm. touch alone. And we'd go up to Mel B or Heidi Klum and go, I've got something in the bag. It's as simple as bouncy ball or keys. There are right. judges inside. on the yeah. show, right? Yeah. On, on America's Got Talent. And they go, you'd reach in and say, what do you feel? And they feel a rope and go, well, that's the thing is once you know what it is, it's not a big deal. But when you don't know, and that's when I'd pull out a live snake. Oh, wow. So I pitched <laughs> that to Spidey. He goes, it's great. I love it. And he calls me an hour later. He goes, we're going to do that. But we're actually going to end the act with a live tarantula coming out of your mouth. Uh, <laughs> oh, I go, I go, oh. I go, nope, not happening. Not happening. <laughs> your name's Spidey. That's your branding. You do the spider out of the mouth. And both him and Joel, they it was two against one. So I, I went front. I was like, guys, you know that whoever does the spider of the mouth, that's the commercial. That's who's getting all the, that's that's the headshot. Right? That's right. the attention. They won't, nobody will remember a single word either one of you said. You sure you want me to do the spider? And I have a, they give me heebie-jeebies. I don't do well with spiders. <laughs> I, I detest And spiders. they didn't, they didn't hesitate or what happened? I, I worked with a spider for a month. I got over, I, I got it close to my face. I let it start crawling. I documented it. All. I oh videoed my. it. It's crawling oh, my face. Oh my goodness. And then, um, and then I go on and when, when Joel did the bit with the spider, Mel B, she bolted. Oh my God. For about four and a half minutes. Now I was supposed to only have the spider in my mouth for two minutes because I, I just didn't feel comfortable doing it longer than that. She left and it took almost six minutes for the producers to get her to come back. Hold on. You had a live tarantula mm-hmm. in your mouth yeah. for six minutes. Yeah, and I'm sitting there the What's entire... What's it doing in there? Oh, it's that that time it was just chillaxing. Don't ask it was just him him that. Oh, my God. Yeah, he's just sitting. He got comfortable. But, but, you know, I don't feel comfortable with an eight-legged hairy tarantula. Oh, so it's fancy. God, I can't like... even look at them. <laughs> yeah. So then I, um, Spidey would look at me and out of the side of his mouth go, dude, you okay? And I'm like, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And I'm, you know, my lips are open so it can breathe and... She comes back and we get to doing my part. And I walk down and I open my mouth and this tarantula just crawls out in my hand. And Heidi Klum and Mel B, I have no idea where they went. They disappeared. Simon Cowell's sitting there with jaw drop and Howie Mandel's screaming. 
and uh, and then they end up using that for all the commercials. Oh my <laughs> so, god, yeah. that's insane! Yeah. So first you did the snake, then you did the spider. Yeah. Oh my um, god. That is, inc- I mean, that gives me the heebie-jeebies oh. just thinking about it. Yeah, and I'm not going to give it away yet, but um, wait till you see what happens on Masters of Illusion in, oh, in the no. summer. <laughs> when does that come out? Some, it's it'll be a summertime show. Summertime so I don't have this a, year, though, right? Yeah. Oh, but, but you see, it's things like that that show how devoted you are to your craft to do something like that. Like it's like how Tom Cruise, what he does for his stunts. Yeah. You as a magician having a tarantula Ask in your Tom mouth. Tom Cruise to put a tarantula <laughs> in his mouth for six minutes. I think he would bow out. Yes. Well, you know, it's just unreal. Every time I, I would do it, because I didn't put the tarantula in my mouth until the night before I tried it once. And I was shaking. I love how he just says this so casually. As if it's Continue. normal. Yeah. I um, Well, I remember what I had to keep doing in my mind is going, you know, the would you for a million dollars. Right. And I kept sitting there going, would I for a million dollars? And then and then I'd be like, okay, no, 24 I million wouldn't. viewers. I'm an artist. If this creates the most shocking moment in AGT history, it'll be worth it if 24 million people are tuning in. And go, you know? yeah. And um, I remember sitting there going, is it worth a million dollars? And every time I go, it's really not. It's really not. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. <laughs> the and impact, then, man. Yeah. And then I go, you know what? And then I would always tell Joel and Spud, I go, this is what I do for my art. I need to find that clip because I thought we had watched everything you guys did in America's Got Talent. Oh, were you on several episodes or? Um, no. So that one we we because we couldn't continue filming. We missed it was just that. The, it was the rehearsals or something. Or we did the audition round, audition, but this is yeah. for the live judges. Okay. So yeah. so they you know they do all their auditions for producers and and whatnot. There's sixty four thousand people that audition. We crazy. made it in the top uh, like thirty or or no sixty or something like that. I don't remember, but. But yeah, you do, you go out and then you, you get, you film in front of them. But after that, they wanted something shocking for the audition rounds because they knew that we weren't going to continue the show. So we, they showed us every episode in the auditions, they show us backstage and getting ready and being nervous and None of that was fake. I was definitely nervous. Oh I had a spider going in my mouth. God. I mean, I love you, Joe, but I I'm, I can't watch it. I will not be able to watch it. Oh, I'm going to brace myself no. and check that clip Knowing out. now that that spider's in your mouth that whole time, I won't be able to watch it. Yeah, because it. the tricky part is we thought of ways of, you know, in the in magic world, we thought of loading it in my mouth, like using misdirection to get it in last minute. But the reality is we did it for such a big show. I knew that if I don't just man up and do it, then I'll get called out on it. Yeah. So I knew that I had to, from the very beginning, come out and never let bring my hands close to my mouth until that moment, just in case. Because, and of course, they cut the cameras, but but we knew that the effect had to be that way to get Simon Cowell. I can't believe him. we're still on the spider, <laughs> and I can't believe that the magician who calls himself Spidey wouldn't did do it. Do it. Although Made you do it. I can't really blame him. <laughs> okay, so uh, that's incredible. So how did you kind of? Uh, transition to these cruises because now you've been gone for months you're doing these like what like a celebrity cruise ships and you do these huge Mm -hmm. performances how did you get into that yeah the um this last year i did 122 flights in 17 countries oh wow Um, world traveling yeah i'm I'm just starting to get around a little bit i I know how to sneak birds onto a plane that's for sure that's excellent that's so cool that's right because you do birds doves with your act and everything which i still that just blows me away i'm a grown man and i'm still like how it's just magic. That? It's magic. There's nothing else to it. Um, it is I'm magic. A, I'm a Weasley. <laughs> well, you look like you a Weasley. are a Weasley. He's a ginger. He's a handsome young man. <laughs> Listeners, that's incredible. So I actually sorry, don't even I... like that movie anymore. You know why? Way too unrealistic. Like a ginger with two friends. Okay, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> so the the cruise uh, shows that you yeah. Do. So the cruises. I don't do birds on cruises, but the the cruise ships. I did. Yeah, I do celebrity. I do, and I mainly work all in America. I did Alaska for four and a half months, and then. 
In the summer, that was awesome. And then the last month and a half, I've been all over the Bahamas and South Caribbean, you know, like the ABC Islands at Aruba, Carousel, Bonaire. What a hard life. I know. Uh, it's been rough. I work. Like uh, I know. I work one night a week, six days off. It's hard. Oh my <laughs> but you do your job and i mean yeah. i saw yeah, one of the pictures I, with that huge audience it yeah was incredible thousands of people we get to see it you know it's funny i say I, I take six days off but actually it's i work i think harder in that off time to make sure that i can keep it going and all and the crap right. as well right and creating new that's you know booking things like television shows mm. and getting yeah. onto tours and uh, I I do all my own branding and marketing i create all my own videos and design because i have something in my head for what i want and and when I'm on a cruise ship without the resources to reach out to graphic designers or not, I just know I know I need to do it oh, myself. Dude, it's incredible. I mean, you're a hustler. You you work hard. Tell me that story. You you gave me an anecdote the other day. You, uh, I saw that picture of you with your hands out with the audience of thousands of people. Yeah. It was really I have funny. A, I have a bit. I do a bit in the middle of my show and I say, you guys, I want to try something. If you were born on an odd day, the third, the fifth, the ninth, put your hands out like this and I tell them to hold their hands out kind of wide, shoulder width. And I say, if your birthday was on an even day, the second, the fourth, the sixth, keep your hands close together, kind of under your chin, you know, about four or five inches away. And then I hold, I say, hold that, don't move a muscle. I put my hands out and I have a stage tech guy come out with a camera videotaping it and I go, does it look like they're clapping? And, and it does. And it really does look like <laughs> they're clapping. It looks like go. thousands of people in, you know, uproar, like just <laughs> righteous <laughs> applause for him. <laughs> go go check out the Instagram and you'll see you'll see photos yeah. on there. That's funny. That's awesome. Okay, so I again I know I call it the Magic Castle because you're right in Hollywood, mm-hmm. it's just known as the Magic Castle. It's been around for what, a hundred years? Uh, Fifty five. So what's the official title? So it's actually, it says the Magic Castle. So you're absolutely yeah, right when you say it. that's all I knew. Yeah. <laughs> but, but what did you say but, but if you look right above the door, it says the Academy of Magical, Magical Arts. Arts yeah. Oh, wow. And so, um, That's yeah, like so. the the actual uh, organization <laughs> they're part of, all the yes. magicians. So, so well, I'm, a, I'm a member of the Academy of Magical Arts. Right. And then as a member, I can attend, I can go to the Magic Castle. Right, because I remember when I came to uh, LA years and years ago, I heard of the Magic Castle. I'd always seen it. Um, and I was like, oh, I want to get in there. And I remember without having any connections or contacts, I called. Well, I could, but I, they put me on a waiting list of like six months. Yeah. So basically, you can get in through like exclusive invite. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why we love you dearly. And we're, <laughs> we're very lucky to have Joseph as, as a friend. Very lucky. Um, but because you, you got us in and you hosted us, which was fantastic. Yeah. But I mean, that's a very prestigious thing to be a member. How did you get into that? What can you tell me about that? Yeah, it's it's very difficult to become a member. And you can only really get in if you're with a member or invited by a member um the way it works is every first monday of the month they do an audition process there's a a board of members that are there there's about five or six of them and they'll give you a a verbal quiz on your knowledge of magic and then you have to perform for 10 minutes anything you want but to prove you're not just an amateur that learned three tricks like they and then even out of that they approve disapprove only a select few Wow. The other way is if you're a publisher, like if you're a magic creator and you don't perform, but maybe you write magic books and you've got published mm-hmm. work, that can get you to be a member as well. For me, I called and I said, hey, guys, um, I think it's, you know, I've been, I, I want to be a magic member. And they go, cool, audition. The next audition is in six months. I go, no, no, no I'm, I'm trying to work this out right away. And they go, huh. And the, the woman that was talking to me over the phone, she goes, are you a magician? I said, yeah, have you seen that show? Wizard Wars on sci-fi. And she goes, yeah. And I go, okay, I, I was the season finale winner of that show. And she goes, oh, you're good. that's awesome (laughs) and she goes can you just email me your website maybe some videos a one-page 
uh, like a bio and maybe kind of almost like a resume of what you've done. And I did. And then a, about a day later, they, they said, you know, congratulations, you're a member of the Magic Castle. So I got really lucky on that one as far as uh, I didn't have to do the audition process, but I would have loved to. It was I was like, oh, this will be fun. Mm. That's cool, though, because I to me, it feels like I mean, obviously, you had gotten some acclaim and attention, but also I think you had earned and gained their yeah, respect. You deserved it. Yeah. Know, which I, is kind of cool. Yeah, and I think if it was, they know what, what kind of work it takes to for a show like Wizard Wars. It's like that show Chopped, but mm. for magicians. So right. they give you these random objects, and you have to create a world-renowned magic act in a short period of time with things like toilet paper, jumbo large boxes of cereal, birds, you know, whatever. It's like a, a you know, they just have, you're literally just drawing. Oh, you were incredible on Wizard Wars. Oh, it was awesome. You. I loved it. It's fantastic. And then also, I know, um, wasn't Neil Patrick Harris? He was like the president of the Academy of Magical Arts for a couple of years. Yeah, for two correct? years. Yeah, yeah. correct. And, yeah. and he, I, I'm, from what I've heard, I wasn't really around too much before he was. Um, but from what I've heard is he really kind of came in there and saved the Magic Castle. Really? Yeah, it was, yeah he uh, helped turn it around. I heard that too. Yeah, I heard that it was going to get shut down, that it was in the red for so long. And he came in and brought in a new chef and brought in new staff and got rid of some guys that he thought were kind of running it to the ground. And then all of a sudden it just started booming. And now it's packed awesome. every night. Well, every the night food is packed. awesome. He did well. The staff yeah. are great. The magic is incredible. We love it. Know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wait, that makes total sense for Neil Patrick Harris as well. Plus, because from How I Met Your Mother, he, does magic he always works magic yeah. into his uh, Barney, right? Yeah. 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 Into his character. So when I heard that, I was like, oh, that makes total sense. Yeah. yeah. And when he hosted the, was it the Oscars? Oh, well, that's right. He yeah, pulled out he some did. magic. Yeah. He did a, a big prediction at the end. And, he, and then for all the commercials leading up, like in I think some of the Heineken commercials, he would add magic mm -hmm. to it. So that makes so much sense. That's so cool. that's something I was going to ask you. I mean, this is an audio podcast, listeners. So, um, you know, I, I'm going to try and get some clips of uh, Joseph doing some of his magic because really it's incredible. Um, but if there is anything you can do that might still be effective on an audio podcast, mm -hmm. I'd love to kind of do a few things. Well, um, before we go into uh, the movies, because I do want to kind of talk about uh, films that involve mm -hmm. magic, films that have inspired you. Um, you, you already mentioned, uh, what's the name of the show? That's coming out. Oh, that is uh, Masters of Illusion. Okay, good. Uh, is there anything else that you have coming out? Anything else you're working on? You want to kind of plug? Yeah, right now that's the next thing that's actually coming out that I can talk about. Um, and what month is that? That'll be in the summer. You said summer. Oh, yeah, summer. summer 2018. Um, Everything I'm, else is on the download. On the yeah, CW I've, people. Yeah, I've got. Um, I'm 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 currently working with my attorney on two of my own shows, that's but. Awesome. Um, but uh, but I'm I'm not really able to talk about that too no much. No problem. Yet. But I'm excited to share it with you uh, as soon as I can. No right. problem. Where can people find you? Like, what's your site and things like that? Right now, the the main, you know, it's like social media is kind of the new website. It I have is. a website, but I think I always direct people to just the the basics. Yeah, I follow you on your mm -hmm. Facebook, Instagram, yeah. Facebook. Uh, oh, so I'm on. only on MySpace. MySpace. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm like, what now? <laughs> No, I'm on uh, Instagram, and, and it's it's just my first and last name. I keep it really simple. It's just Joseph Rayom, which is J-O-S-E-P-H-R-E-O-H-M. All right. Did you guys get that? <laughs> that's, yeah, it's, that's pretty much my handle for everything, at Joseph Rayom, which is YouTube, Facebook. Uh, YouTube, I have all this stuff from you can see from television. You can go to my YouTube page and see. I think it says Joseph Rayom TV on, on my page. And... Yeah, you guys have got to check this stuff out. It Really, it's, it's I'm not just saying that. I mean, I'm a fan. You're such a nice dude. But man, your illusions and your magic, there's, I have no explanation for it, no. you know, and I've tried to figure it out because I've been like right up and close while he does a lot of these acts. And I'm like, I can't figure them out. I'm also I a big fan of magic. I saw um, the big Vegas magic show. 
Mm-hmm. I I will I've watched Stan Gerson many times. I love yeah. magic. Yeah, Stan Gerson's another big yeah. magician that I've seen yeah. perform he, many he, times. He created real magic to me. This is a magician. His name is Stan Gerson, and I I saw him doing a show. He was on tour, and he did a show in Seattle, Washington. I was about seventeen years old, maybe sixteen, and he had me. I was he had me pick a card in the middle of the show. And he goes, hi, what's your name? I say, Joseph. And he goes, okay. And, and he doesn't know I'm a, I'm like into magic. all into magic. <laughs> and I do this thing and I'm blown away. He ends up getting the card ends up torn up and inside a lemon or something. It, he does the orange mm-hmm. trick. That's right. Oh, yeah. so many. And what the real magic was two years later, I saw him in Los Angeles on the street randomly. And I walked by and he goes, Joseph. He remembered oh, wow. you. He remembered my name from sitting in the audience. Grabbing that card, I don't know how he, that to me was, that, that was, was a real magic moment. Yeah. I was like, he made an impression. I was like, that was and I didn't even do it. I just <laughs> smiled because I was probably admiring the magic so much. But but he, a phenomenal magician. Um, yeah, and is. and to this day, now now we've become friends, and so we chat and call each other. Yeah, I first saw Stan Gerson perform in England. Me too. Almost thirty years ago. Yeah, I think I me was two or three. Oh, yeah. Oh no, I'm old. <laughs> no, I was. Yeah, I was. Don't I was worry. About eight My years age old. is a common subject on this podcast, <laughs> so the whole world knows I'm old. <laughs> I was about eight, so it was probably possibly wow. the same yeah. show. But I, well, it's it was okay. Amazing. It's my advantage because my wife is much younger than me. So there you go. It turns to my advantage. <laughs> but uh, anyway, yeah. So that's great. So he's someone who inspired you. I was going to kind of ask <laughs> you about you know magicians or people who have inspired you. So it's, that's great. That's yeah. someone we have in common. Yeah, he's one of them. Um, yeah, I have a few people that I've been inspired by. And but what's funny about being on this particular podcast is my biggest inspiration comes from movies and music. Uh, I was a musician for, I played the bass for 16 years as in like 13 bands. So I, <laughs> while I was growing up, I was kind of battling between music and magic, music and magic. And then, um, but the first thing I wanted to really do was be an actor. And really? I had such a love for the for film. And so the only thing I collect in life are movie stubs. And I have over 600 of them. Are you serious? Oh, yeah, wow. So what a great idea. I hope one day in my own little private movie theater, I can have like a glass coffee table have them all spread out and then another pane of glass over them but i have them oh, you got to do that yeah man. sometimes i reach idea. in and i'll take them out like looking at old photos and i'll see one from like you know 1999 and i'll look at the movie town and i can remember who i was there with what i was doing is but anyways it's just something i i don't really collect anything except for movies you stuff. know it would be incredible joseph if you did your magic act acting it performing which you already do in the yeah. shows you do there's a definitely a a, a large part of your your acting and performing mm-hmm. with music wouldn't that be cool you said yeah. you do bass yeah i played bass That'd be, if you kind of amalgamated mm-hmm. everything into a whole show um but tell me about these stubs that's amazing i used to keep all my ticket stubs i'm so i kicked myself that i when i moved to america i didn't bring them with me but um what are some of the uh, you know we'll, we'll talk about movies that deal with magic specifically sure. in a few minutes but again this is an open platform so i'd love to hear about like movies that inspired you or just some of your favorite movies you remember yeah. growing up well growing up my all-time favorite movie the one that i used to loop over and over and over is from 1986 david bowie labyrinth oh my god that was oh my we all-time. love you so much that so- was my favorite movie it's still to this day my all-time favorite movie one of my all-time how favorite can films. how can you become even cooler like you <laughs> no, just did no that's so my favorite. i quote things from labyrinth all the time so and do i you know i'm like nothing Nothing, nothing, <laughs> nothing. Tra la la la. And Yenny and Danny always look at me with their eyes rolled or worship me. Just be my slave. You know, 
I love David Bowie. I mean, I've seen that at the, uh, what is it? The LA Cemetery yeah, on yeah, the big yeah. screen. Yeah. Seen it there. I have it on Blu-ray. I have like four mm-hmm. copies of Labyrinth. So just so you know, that's one of the films that when I was a kid, I, re- I remember vividly Me too. watching a uh, hundred times. Oh, Weekly. Yeah. We, we watched that um, probably every couple of months. And actually last year, Sarah Beth, who's a mutual friend of ours, that's mm-hmm. how I met you, yeah. who lives in Seattle, um, she came here and we binged Labyrinth on a loop all day. <laughs> that's great. All day. That's I what... remember. I came in. I watched one once. Uh, mm-hmm. That's what we did when we were kids. We had a VHS. We looped it till it burn out. And then my dad would get a new one because he knew we wanted. We just wanted to watch that. We looped two movies, Labyrinth and Pinocchio. Oh my <laughs> God. something about those two. Pinocchio movies. is disturbing. Yeah, it, it really is. Now when I watch it now, I'm like, why, why did my dad me. let me watch that? And the kids really turns dark. into the donkey. Oh. Yeah. I'm okay with some like dude with a cool like blonde froey hair, 80s glam rock Dancing, going. Yeah. And that Sarah, cod piece, man. Oh, yeah. yeah, Sarah, what's sad is sad. Go <laughs> back to your room, play with your dolls. <laughs> Everything so I've done, I've done for you. Anyway, we'll go on the yeah, whole tangent that, on that one. But I think one of the things I loved about that movie is it was the first time I really got to experience something that was projecting real magic. Mm-hmm, and. True. So I remember for he does the um mm-hmm, for years and years I want to learn. I, well, I was, he doesn't do that. Have you seen the behind yeah, the scenes? Yeah, there was a guy. Sorry, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll let you talk. But there was a guy we watched. So when we were binging it with Sarah Beth, we watched all the behind the scenes footage. It's hours and hours long because Labyrinth is a very there's so much behind this mm-hmm. movie. Unfortunately, that film destroyed Jim Henson because it was a complete flop when it came out and he died shortly after and it was not successful at all and he was heartbroken and now it's become this cult classic this beloved Mm -hmm. film you know um but there's all this behind the scenes footage of like the different scenes being done and there's that whole scene of yeah like he's got that magic ball Mm -hmm. yes he's doing a contact juggling is that what it's called called so the professional contact juggler (laughs) is literally behind him with his arms and it shows they shot it for 40 hours because the guy kept dropping it because he couldn't see yeah and and David Bowie is pretty stubborn he really wanted to learn how to do it so he was trying and trying trying but he knew he just couldn't get it down before they started filming so yeah he's sitting there under the cape and he's got these long black sleeves on and gloves with you know it's incredible wow. and that uh, but yeah doing uh, the contact doing and i remember i was about eight years old once i was about eight you know that left an impression and then i taught myself how to do contact juggling just from labyrinths and i remember awesome. little elements like the ball turning into the snake well then yes. when i yeah so i added contact juggling to my dove act and i would throw it up in the air and it would be a bu- it'd turn into a dove in the air. You know, or I'd That's take so the contact cool. juggling and throw it in the audience and it would turn into a dove to come back to me. I love and, that that inspired you. And That's so that, awesome. which is funny because it's not like your typical um, prestige or, or illusionist. Yeah. It's a, but to me, that movie was real magic and that's what, when I watched that, I was like, oh, this is a fantasy world and that's what magic does. It creates a fantasy world. That's awesome. That's fantastic. I love hearing that. Tell me some others like that. We'll go into, again, you're right, the more conventional ones. But when I think about it, I mean. It's true. Well, it was amazing watching Mm -hmm. Labyrinth. And you're right. It makes you think of this magical kind of atmosphere and world or like something like that could actually be possible. Were there other films like that that you loved? Yeah, there's another one I really loved when I was a a kid. Of course, I'm bringing us back to the 80s. (laughs) Hey, I'm an 80s kid. We love it. So I watched another one that I loved was the original. 
the original uh, Never Ending Story. Oh of my course. god. And These are all my classics. Yeah, yeah well, you, you got us by the heart strings. Atreyu, Bastion. Yeah, Rockbiter. I mean, there's. Belcore. Yeah. I watched that, and I think for me, I just always loved those fantasy type of movies. The ones where you can es- that are yeah. escape, and you've got, you know, Falcor f- just flying the luck dragon. dragon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah, those are, there was a few of those, but th- that was another big one that I really liked in the 80s. It just really got me to just let my mind wander. It's magical. And, it's mm-hmm. completely What's magical. What's funny is, so I do these movie polls on my online social media that's created a lot of buzz. I, like, basically have... Um, you know, people vote. Mm-hmm. And, Comparable I, things. and I put Never Ending Story and Labyrinth against each other. And I was surprised. I thought Labyrinth would blow away Never Ending yeah. Story. At Never Ending Story won by a landslide, actually. Wow. I was actually surprised. Because in England, I mean, they're both beloved films. Mm-hmm. Yes. But in England, especially, Labyrinth is just... Oh, I voted Labyrinth. Uh, I mean, so I, I love both. But, but again, I mean, it was tough because they're so hard. Oh, so I love that yeah. these are some of your classic films. Yeah, those are... Yeah, those are those are some of my favorite. You know which one freaked me out though? I just didn't get into until until really just a few years ago. Which it was one? the Dark Crystal. That one when oh, I was a kid. You know, scary. Oh it my was, god, that's I never, amazing. It when... was freaky to me, like those creatures. But now when I watch, they... I'm like, wow, it's so cool how it's they a spooky movie. Yeah. Jim Henson too. Yeah. It's funny you say that because when you were about to say the Neverending Story, I'm like, he's gonna say the Dark Crystal yeah. as one of them because that's <laughs> kind of the same era and the same vibe. The kind of same magical feel in a way. I, I, I miss that puppetry and anim- yeah. animatronics. I really miss that. I yeah. love that. Especially when you get clever, like in Labyrinth, when he's sitting at, when you see the ball, the crystal ball rolling down the hall, you know, that, that, that cave. Yeah. And it, and it comes up to him and you see him stand up, up and you see the pup, the the clothes come off. Well, if you watch the, the show is on Fake Off, there is a routine we did on our semifinals and all 16 teams were battling it out well i thought of this idea to do a change we're morphing through time as being like a the history of electricity was our theme so i go my buddy spidey he comes up with the theme of what if we start as cavemen and it says like you know 10,000 bc um we fear electricity and it oh, shows I think I saw this and it's one. lightning coming down and we're like you know <gasps> being cavemen <laughs> crawling around anyways I want to do this thing where I slowly peel my beard off, slowly take the, like I'm morphing out of this costume. And the costume, I'm literally peeling it off piece by piece and dropping it. Well, usually in in theater, they try to do quick changes in the dark really fast. So like if they're going to do it, you're wearing something and then they're going to quick, like rip the fabric right off of you or however it changes, they're going to change it quickly. Well, I did it super slow-mo because I really wanted the audience to be able to see the theater behind these costume changes, I had six of them. So each one I would slowly morph out of. But all of that was inspired by watching that moment where David oh, wow. Bowie stands up and, the, and you see the puppet hanging on him. I remember trying to explain to Joel and Spidey, and they were both, they did, had no, they've never seen Labyrinth. They haven't seen They're it. like, oh. what? They're like, Labyrinth. And yeah, and instantly I'm like, you guys, you guys have to see this. No reality. And I'm trying to tell them, I'm trying to be like, no, 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 I want to slowly morph out. And they're like, yeah, but that's not how you do it. You do it fast. I'm like, no, 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 no. There's this scene in <laughs> Labyrinth where he stands up and you get a moment of seeing like, the theater behind the puppet Mm -hmm. and it just it kind of breaks this like wall because all the other puppets are like that for real but this one they show it so i was like that's where if you ever watch that episode and you see me morphing out of a caveman into a thomas (laughs) edison guy and then into a prisoner and then into a cameraman behind the judges (laughs) um that was inspired by labyrinth so i think a lot of my magic it's funny how much of an impression that made on me 
you know, with my career. Yeah, listeners, if you haven't seen Labyrinth, oh, finish oh. listening to this, <laughs> then rent it or buy it and watch it. It's yeah. a classic. And so is the never-ending story. And you, and you get the biggest crush on Jennifer Connelly. Oh, Jennifer ever. Connelly. <laughs> I had, oh. that was my celebrity crush for my entire, pretty much my entire life. Ludo. gorgeous. Ludo. Yeah, Ludo. Oh, there's so many. Sir Didymus. Mm-hmm. I mean. Tell you something, never-ending story is pretty scary in German. I watched it in German in my childhood because I was, I was... Mm in germany at that time i was like four or five that wolf in german is twice oh, as darkness. scary yeah the yeah. darkness and then yeah and that especially as he's the the horse is sinking in yeah. the mud oh artax that killed my childhood do you remember that oh it scene? devastated um, me i couldn't that? i cried what's the characters? For days. oh atreyu atreyu and his horse artax, artax yeah. gives can up can we stop talking i'm gonna it's get the, upset it's the fog of, uh, the <laughs> what is it the uh the bog of sadness yeah Eternal sadness. Oh, anyway. All right, we'll move on. Any <laughs> any other films, even maybe more current ones that kind well, of have inspired you that you just love? I mean, right now I'm so pumped up. Of course, it's the newest movie, but The the Greatest Showman. <gasps> I love you so it's much. It's my new favorite that? movie. It's okay. I watched it oh, several times. Yeah, I, I, I was listening to the soundtrack on the way film. over here. No, I, I, I love I loop it, it so much. I, loop it. I love From it so much. Now on, Isn't it such a my magical eyes will movie? not be blinded by the light. Um, I'm not a big fan of musicals. She's really piqued my interest on this. Have you not seen this one yet? I haven't um, because I'm not really a fan of musicals. And here's the thing. that When the film came out, it came out with a whimper. And word of mouth has... Now it's a huge Run hit. It it's made like $300 I'm, million. Dollars. I'm, not a, I'm not a big musical fan. Yeah. But this me one... Me neither. I've heard yeah, the not. soundtrack and it's great. I know that song and this yeah. is me. I mean, uh, fantastic. But so it's good. not just the music. The way it's brought together. It's so magical. Yeah. So the reason why that one... When I watched it in the theater, I, I, I had a, it was, I was got off a cruise ship. I had one day in port in Fort Lauderdale, and I was like, okay, I'm, you know, I'm just gonna watch a movie. And I had a fever. I, got, I somehow got a fever that day, and get ready to go another one. I just treated myself to a movie. I go see the Greatest Showman. I'm sitting there, and that was the first time, and I don't know how long where I'm watching a movie and going like literally going yes, like yeah, that's what I'm talking yeah. about. The like, whole cre- theater is like oh, because, so uplifting, huh? And, and the, what, what it I've is heard. about it is what I loved. What it, where to me where it really related to me was. I was such a dreamer when I was a kid. I'd yeah. walk everywhere I'd go, I'd be a daydreamer. And I'd always think of these crazy, outrageous dreams and how to make those dreams come true and happen. And so when I'm, this movie really seemed like, it's like you take a guy who's really. Ha- he's got every reason to fail. Yeah, he's got every reason to fail. But at but the same time, he gets through all of it to where he creates one of the biggest shows. And, you know, that's world. actually my favorite song, A Million Dreams. It morphs from mm-hmm. ch- ch- him as a child into Hugh Jackman, and it's the most beautiful song. Yeah, and so now when I listen to the soundtrack, I, I, I literally feel like that's a soundtrack to my life. And so now it, so it's awesome. such a perfect... So that's my biggest, most recent one. But there's some movies... I mean, I love movies. I love all movies. And um, What's like your favorite movie? If you had to name like one or two as like your favorite movies, other than the ones you've mentioned, other, yeah. what's some others you could think of? I think a couple favorites I have. One is Cloud Atlas. Oh, I love Christ. I watched that we literally. I think taste. I maybe watched that ten times, bec- and and up till the tenth time, I would still what an find ambitious movie. I would still find things that are are new that I didn't rec- spot. Oh yeah, uh, I can get in a whole. That could be. That's a what, whole hour long conversation right there. Oh yeah, it's eight stories it. over eight centuries, past lives, present lives, intertwining. Wow. It's incredible. It, it's so good, and it, it's usually by the third time you watch, I think is where you really start going. Oh wait, wait, that's who that is in that one, yeah. and then it's I still see new stuff when I watch it. Um, that one I love, but then I also love this. Might have seem you old. have you read the book by the way? I haven't read. Oh, it. I, I'll lend it to you. I have the book. The yeah. book is incredible. 
incredible. And you've got characters like um, Hugh Grant and Halle Berry. They play like eight different characters oh, wow. over spanning like six centuries. It's incredible. Awesome. Mm-hmm. But sorry, what's the other one? Another one, this one is a little bit darker, but I just loved it so much was Drive. With oh, Gosling. it's one of my favorite films. It's so good. But you know, when, one thing I, I know some people, yeah, but the violent scenes are a little too violent. I'm like, no, I'm so happy they went where they went with it because that meant that the artists that created that got to communicate exactly what they were trying to communicate. It, it wasn't censored and it, and, it, and it was done so tastefully, even though it was, there was some rough parts in it. But I love that movie so much. I, that was another one I watched it's over and so over. It's so stylistic. Mm-hmm. I love and it. And it was just like, you know, Ryan Gosling's character, yeah. his demeanor his not talking much. he's it's like he is come you know he is commanding that absolutely i mean i mean yeah it's a brutal film but with a purpose and it's yeah. just it's so atmospheric it's one of my favorite films yeah. of the decade that's one yeah. of my favorite yeah that one cloud atlas uh greatest showman i mean there's there's a t- of course i mean I've, like i said i've got over sure. 600 movie stubs and there's a lot of them but have you seen pan's labyrinth Yes, Guillermo yeah, del Toro. Yeah, that was. Yeah. I love that film. It's yeah. so magical. You still haven't I, I have seen the movie, that. I have, I have the movie stuff to that one. That's incredible. <laughs> so you see a lot of films in the theater. I love theater. I love. I love the the experience. I'm a ginger vampire from the northwest. I do not do well in the sun. <laughs> well, he is a ginger. I don't know about the vampire part. <laughs> I don't do well in the sun. Ladies, watch out. Yeah. So on a hot day, I love. A nice air-conditioned theater sit down yeah. and i have a i have a thing i if i smell popcorn i have to get it i can't of course. even if i go to dinner and i'm full i'm as full as you can get i will still get the popcorn i, I will pay the 20 dollars for it or whatever because <laughs> it's so good it's an addiction so true. and then i i try not to drink much soda anymore but i have to have soda with popcorn if i'm gonna get it at the theater it's this little thing and then I, i'm in like this little heaven where i just got my popcorn my soda and a movie it's fantastic. I mean, it's great escapism, especially in this oh. day and age. There's so much crap going on mm-hmm. out there. I mean, I agree. I, that's what I love about films. You yeah. get to just kind of travel away to a you know a different world. It's kind of how Tony and I like connected as friends as we started doing yeah, a lot of we movie were nights. We bonded over mm-hmm. movies. We bonded over movies. You know, I mean, he used to know my my family very well, but then we personally bonded over films, and then we pretty much gone double dates all the time yeah when there's a movie out to see we always go it's just like That's kind great. of assumed that we go together and we love going to movies well see i'm married she's married so we would go out and watch movies and my wife my 25 year old wife <laughs> and her you know genius auto mechanic husband would sit and just talk about cars for hours while yeah. we'd sit and talk about movies because yeah. i am not a handyman i'm not i'm, I'm sorry i'm I, I am a man but i'm not a man's man <laughs> my well, husband's what, a very man's man and my wife <laughs> is too <laughs> Well, when you guys need a fifth wheel, of you course. just let me know if I'm going to I always welcome. I will go to the theater. Any, my, one, of my best, one of my best friends names Dobbin. He, um, him and I have always gone to the movies together since we are like 15, and we both love it. It's to the point to where we, he, he can call me. I could be in the middle of something. He'd be like, so, uh, movie? Two o'clock? <laughs> Amazing. Like, yep, be there. I love yep, that. I want there. a friend awesome. like that. Yep, I'll be there. It, it, same, I'll call him, so, uh, movie at four? Yep. There's no (laughs) freedom. I've got a wife, so, you know, get (laughs) approval. But uh, that's fantastic. Okay, good. Well, look, I I love what we've talked about. Um, I, yeah, let's put a spotlight on movies about magic. Sure. It was interesting to me when I um, thought about it. I was like, wow, I can't really think of that many. So then I Googled it, which is something I never usually do on the show. I usually create lists. I try and show off. I don't try and show off, but I try and create things from my memory. But I could only think of like, 
maybe five, six um, movies. And then when I Googled them, there were a bunch of movies about magic, which honestly I'd never seen and heard of. Yeah. So maybe you'll be able to mention some of them. But um, we'll talk about some that my favorite movie that's about magic is The Illusionist. I do love that movie. Um, with uh, Edward Norton. Mm-hmm. And that came out, I think, the same year as The Prestige did, yeah. with Christian Bale and Hugh Jackman, which is a Christopher Nolan film who's one of my favorite directors. So The Illusionist kind of got overshadowed by The Prestige. Mm-hmm. I don't know what your take is. I've seen them both. I go back to The Illusionist way more. I love The yeah. Illusionist. I think um, Je- Jessica Biel... I'm not, a, I'm not a big fan of her as an actress, to be honest. She's beautiful in this film. I think she's perfectly cast. Paul Giamatti as the mm-hmm. detective, and then Edward Norton's incredible. I love in Edward that. Norton. Um, what's your take on the prestige illusionist? Which one do you favor? It's hard because as a magician, they I split them both down the middle from really now, but for two totally different reasons. Oh, like what? So the illusionist, I love that movie. Like I just, I love the storyline. I love the love story behind it. I love what he had to do to use his knowledge of of magic. Um, there's an, a famous magician named um, Chung Ling Su, which actually, when we were at the Magic Castle, there were some posters of him, and I pointed them out to you. You show is that the one you told us the story about? Yeah. So Chung Ling Su was a, a famous magician from the East, and he wanted to come here and put on this big show. And he was one of the magicians that passed away from doing the bullet catch. And explain the bullet. The catch bullet catch is where the somebody would the magician would be on stage, invite someone to come up, sign a bullet. It gets loaded into a gun. The person stands across the stage, shoots it at the magician's head, and Jesus. the magician catches the signed bullet in their teeth. This is devotion. Penn oh and Teller gosh. do it every night by doing shooting each other. And if they shoot through a pane of glass and catch it, it's phenomenal. Um, I know David Blaine has been touring doing it. I he... saw the video of him doing mm-hmm. it. That's right. And um, But Chung Ling Su, the biggest illusion of all, was the night he died, they found out that he was actually a man from Boston who just put on a bunch of makeup and... Back then, you didn't have photos and videos, so the posters for Chung Ling Su, it, it, everything looked like it was from the East. It was um, so he lived that life. Well, if you look at the Illusionist; he's mm. near the end of it, at the near the very end, where he's brought he brings everybody in, but he's living that you know that life. But the Prestige did a very similar thing with C- Christian Bell's character, where him and his. For anybody who's seen it, I hope I'm not spoiling it. But you, these okay. films have been out for over a decade, so you're we're, allowed we're to safe. give away spoilers. That's so, kind of the rule. So Christian Christian Bell, this is to prestige is tele- now for prestige. He's teleports. He walks through a door and teleports across stage, and there's a, a door with nothing but around it that opens, and he appears. When he does that, in the end, he has you the re- big reveal as a twin. Well, what I loved about it is they use kind of the story. From Chung Ling Su as well, mm. living that life, living a character is only being one, not a twin. That's right. And so they're they've taken these historical magicians, you know, these magicians from our history, and and, and used some of those stories. But what I loved about the Prestige was the banter between the two magicians that are trying to outdo each other. But there's also this darkness of you know blaming each other for wrongdoings, you know, for. Mm. Yeah, the rivalry is mm-hmm. is very palpable. And in but then at the same time, you have again one of my favorites, David Bowie playing. He's in it. That's yeah, right. he's playing a was that Tesla? Yeah. And his character in there, I just loved it so much. But I'm a huge fan of of uh, electricity and physics. And when I was through school, mathematics and physics was my strongest point. And what he would do with 
electricity that like not not just David Bowie in the movie, but Tesla in general was very magical. And so to see that in a movie where they're taking this real wizard, this guy who can run a million volts through your body and not even get, be affected by it. He was doing real magic with electricity and with DC, you know. So and then illusionist is just a great story. Right. It's great magic. He has some great stuff to it. I love the idea of oranges just a, appearing and, you know, throwing crows out into the audience. Like it's just a very beautiful story and movie whereas the prestige has like a darker side to it yeah and and then you've got movies that are a little bit more like uh, the now you see me movies you know do you like those i like them they're fun those they're not plausible uh, at all they're ridiculous but they're very entertaining i i like watching that when i'm on an airplane yeah (laughs) the first one was i saw that in the theater like the first and i actually did enjoy it i thought the second one just got so ridiculous and over the top but they they were fun yeah Yeah. that's another i have a a crazy memory with my movies i I saw um now you see me in uh june 13th 2013 your memory, wow. man. <laughs> yeah, but the only reason because I, I just I remember some not all movies, but that one I remember watching it because that was uh, I remember I was on tour. I was in New Jersey at that point, but they were um, but my I have a couple of really good friends. Uh, Andre Jack is one of them. He's one of the world's best. What we call cardistry, and he was a consultant for the nice movies. That? Cardistry is where you're doing all the fans and one-handed cuts and flourishes and, and twirling cards on your fingertips. And, oh, with cards, yeah, with deck, deck cards, cards, yeah, playing oh, wow. cards. I and like the lingo. Yeah, they call mm-hmm. that cardistry. Cardistry. And yeah, if you ever uh-huh. search cardistry, Google it. Andre Jack will be the first person. And he's got millions of viewers and tons of fans. But him and then um, Blake Voigt is another magician who was also on Wizard Wars. He was also on America's Got Talent. Did really well last year. I think he went to the finale or something. But he um, he was also one of the consultants on Now You See Me. So this last year when Now You See Me 2 came out, or 2016, I remember getting to go to Vegas, hang out with those guys for the oh, cool. doing a, a red carpet event for it. That's cool. I mean, again, those those films. There's something about the Illusionist was it seemed plausible, even though obviously it's not. Mm-hmm. Well, not plausible actually. It seemed magical. It did, but, but not, real, not like trickery. Yeah. Whereas right. the other ones were kind of trickery and yeah, trying to like outsmart the other person. Mm-hmm. And what I loved about the Illusionist was I don't know. It was just it was so. I mean, you, you don't figure it out. You don't yeah. know really how he yeah. did it. You know? Like the sword and the stone. There's a bit in there where everyone Love else the got sword this. And the yeah. Such a you great, great taste. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, 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 that was another one of our phase when we were kids. But he, you know, he does that bit with the sword where he sticks it to the ground and he tells people to try to remove it. And it's just like when you think about it, as a magician, you're not really gonna. That that's not that's not one that we'd be doing on stage anytime in the near future. But I loved how they use like something like that to make it magical. There was a, a magic routine I wanted to do for Penn and Teller Fool Us where I would borrow a wallet, put it up at about shoulder height and walk away from it and let it float there. And I would tell the person who gave me the wallet to pull it down, to bring it to me and he can't move it. And then I would bring somebody to the audience and they can't move it. And I'd have somebody hang on it in midair and pull their feet off the ground and they can't move it. I pitched the idea that's that's the bit I wanted to do for Fool Surgeon because like yeah this will definitely get Penn and Teller there's because nobody's done it ever in the world I invented it and then I found out from the producers that my method was uh, was against the rules <laughs> so, <laughs> so I couldn't so I couldn't do that but um, that sucks that's, I would have loved to have that seen been that cool. but it was but it but it comes with that same mind as like in the Illusionist where he's yeah. got the sword there and you can't move it or you know when you're there there's um. There's a lot of uh, magicians, like especially in Japan, they have, and in Korea, they have these um, planters. 
and you'll see flowers just bloom on stage and right. then and then they'll it's, it's impossible in a flash all the whole planter is gone the pot the plant the flowers in a blink of an eye they're all gone and so i think a lot of that for the movie you know we do have magic effects where you can make you know a plant appear and then the flowers bloom but to do it with oranges where the oranges just appear i mean i've never seen that as a magician i don't even know how that would be possible yet but that's crazy. That made me think of one thing. This is something that really pissed me off, and I didn't watch it. You've probably heard of this. I remember there was a, a show on Netflix exposing magicians and how they do their tricks. I would hate that. Well, I just thought it was so stupid because the whole, I mean, number one, it is magic. It is. You know it is. It oh, yeah. is real magic. But number two, like, it just it ruins all the it's so wonder. Anti. You know? Do you know what Why? I'm talking about? It, yeah, it's actually originally in the late '90s. Uh, don't promote him too much because no. the guy's <laughs> a dick. It, it was uh, on Fox. It was called um, Masked Magician. Yeah, that's and it. The magician who did it, his name was Valentino. He was this like washed out Vegas magician that never really made it. So Fox that's offered why he yeah. did it. Uh, Fox offered him a bunch of money to reveal it. Of course, they his did. story's slightly different. He says, "Well, you know, they're going to pay somebody." Well, he, he justified it just fine. But of course. I watched him do it. Try to do a card trick on, in on this Mexican uh, in, in Mexico is this television show, and he he couldn't do it. He messed up. Anyways, not a right. good magician. Right. But he I'm revealed sure. that ma- that explains that it. Makes actually. it so, total sense. A lot of big magicians sued the network, like David That's Copperfield right. and and one. And now when he does it, their loophole, this is what's horrible, is they got a loophole because he doesn't ever reveal the magic tricks. So when you search revealed mass magician, he gives these methods, but they're fake methods so that they can't get sued. But they're not the real methods to how the tricks are done. Right. So, it's, But the problem is it still creates the same effect. People yeah. think they know how it's done and then yeah. they lose it, interest. They lose it. That's stupid. But the reality is the guy is just, yeah, he's... Yeah. Not a, he's washed out. That makes sense. He, he's not a big. We're not a big fan of, uh, of Valentino. No, I'm sure. <laughs> and you mentioned David Blaine, who's actually someone. Uh, no, David oh. Blaine, who's someone um, that last year. Actually, this is funny because David David Blaine's a, a magician. I yeah. I actually think he's pretty incredible. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if yeah, you're a fan. Here's how I got into David Blaine. My wife showed me a parody video on mm-hmm. YouTube. Mm-hmm. So David Blaine, 10, 15 years ago, he was a close friend of Leonardo DiCaprio. Mm-hmm. I think it's one of the people who first got him kind of, you know, in the spotlight. And he would do like David Blaine magic on the street. Right. And he'd just walk up to people and do a magic trick. And this is going to be hard to describe to audio listeners. But he would do this thing when he would blow the people's minds. The cameraman he would put his face right up into the camera <laughs> and his eyes would bulge out and he would look like, uh-huh, yeah, yeah, I'm the man. While you're like, so this this parody guy would go around and do it with this gay couple of two guys. Have you seen these videos, <laughs> Joseph? Hilarious. I was on the floor. That's awesome. Pissing myself. They are so funny with the way this guy parried it. That's how I found out about David Blaine. I was like, does he actually do that? So then I watched his videos um, and on YouTube. And then coincidentally enough, sorry, I'm on a tangent, but this is what we mm-hmm. do on Tony the Movie Guy. <laughs> a couple of months later, all of his shows started showing up on Netflix. So I binged all of them. You need to check them out. Now, some of them are very squeamish. Yeah. There's one he did mm-hmm. last year and it's got like um, uh, Ricky Gervais, um, Will Smith, Aaron Paul. He literally puts like a knife through his hand yeah. and there's the bullet one incredible stuff and doesn't he like go in the box and the water yeah well that's the the thing i don't know i don't actually know if he i think he failed that one but there's one where he eats like a bunch of 
like fish and water and then he covers them up anyway yeah. it it's incredible i you can't explain it sorry I it's well no it's good mind. yeah he uh, he was the first magician to take the camera and turn it onto the audience's reactions instead of like you know before him copperfield was um it was, it was like tv specials right he was the huge big he, show yeah. he's magician he's the one I who saw made copperfield. the I yeah. loved it. he made like what was it the statue of liberty yeah. disappear yeah. right and and david blaine was the first one to really put street magic close-up magic on television but capturing he would turn the camera on to the audience and getting the reactions and then yeah he would he'd be like look 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 watch look. <laughs> oh but he God. was listeners he was you have to watch the youtube videos parody of david blaine on the street <laughs> oh, wow. because it's hard to describe yeah, on an audio podcast <laughs> they're hilarious but yeah he he was the first really kind of you know and then watch his actual thing. stuff too <laughs> mm-hmm. the it's interesting though when you think of like the sitting in water where he failed at it yeah uh it's funny because it's right. so incredible what well, he did. well i have a lot of friends who are um that instruct freediving and that worked with him to train for freediving and they were they're laughing because his fail was like a, a when you're underwater and you go to and you're drowning once you pass out then your body lets out all this oxygen if when it gives up it lets right. out well he didn't do that so he did the pass out but he never let the oxygen out so all the freedivers and divers in the world are going but he didn't. He's how's he still holding his breath? Right. So what he did was incredible. Yeah, they're sitting there going, How, right. "How's he?" Because he broke the record. But they figured if he broke a world record, um, then the, his team said, "If you break this world record, and, and then they're going to think there's a trick to it." But he really did do all the training to where he really broke the record. But he tried to do. Okay, the team decided, "Let's make this a fail." So you're right there. You fail, and then and then it's still amazing but you don't beat that record right but mm. all the community and the free diving and diving are sitting there going what how's he still <laughs> holding his breath do wow. that anyway. well good going back to uh you know plausible magic uh let's go back to movies and let's talk about the harry <laughs> potter films because mm-hmm. that's very plausible oh um, that's the most plausible <laughs> are you fans of the harry potter series yeah and i it's funny because of course i'm you know as a magician i have several harry potter references in my show when i'm doing my shows right. But um, I do love them, and I love that it's a different thing. There's like, there's, there's magician movies like Illusionist, um, The Prestige, Now You See Me. There's documentaries on magic, but then there's wizards. There's right. wizard yeah. and witch and that fantasy, and this is and very fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, And so, I would love to see more. Like one of the things I would have loved to see in Harry Potter was more actual sleight of hand and real methods, right? As opposed to CGI and like. You know, because they have some you know, of course. budget and resources to just do. You can literally do whatever you want. Right. But I also million dollar yeah, film. But I also love the aesthetic they created with totally. what they, what they did do. So there's like it's kind of a there's it's magic, but it's right. not like from a magician's viewpoint. I'm like that'd be really cool if they mixed in more like real sleight of hand with the CGI and with everything to show like. With you know, like, no, it would have been actually yeah. to integrate more of mm-hmm. it into it. I mean, obviously, those films are much more yeah. fantastical, yeah, you know, dragons Magic beasts and, and you know, hippogriffs and all that. What's so flying. interesting about Harry Potter is obviously it's British, J.K. Rowling, who's Scottish. Um, I only heard about Harry Potter when I came to America in the year 2000, it was really weird. Mm. Somehow, I was in a bubble, what? yeah, because the fourth book was just being released like a couple months later. That means four books had already been out. Wow. I had never even, I had no clue what Harry Potter was was, when I was in England. I was in England, so when the first book hit, it was was a spectacle, you know? And by the second book, 
book people were waiting the night before outside bookshops mm-hmm. so when like i came camping, to america it was yeah. like that anyway then i i mean i've read the entire series i got it up on my bookshelf yeah. i've got I've all the blu-rays all. i've watched all the films several times it's a different kind yeah. of magic type of movie isn't it so fantastical but they do you, transform you, you in that similar yeah. way and and as a magician there it, you can be really inspired by it I mean, you can look at, but there's something and you do remind me of the weasleys yeah I mean, <laughs> you, you do. Know. um but joseph yeah. here is a, a you know a, a ginger head uh you know skinny uh, stout young man if so. you if, yeah, and if you watch uh, that Fake off when we did Harry Potter. I, I really want to be Hermione, but they said you make a better, <laughs> you make a better pulled Weasley. off Hermione yeah. too. But I sat there for about three and hours, one. three hours in front of the mirror after hair and makeup, and I'm sitting in the mirror just doing smirks and like looking at <laughs> looking at Weasley photos in the mirror. And, but um, awesome. yeah, I'll have to show you one when we're done. Maybe I'll, I'll give you one you can post it on something Twitter. That's but, awesome. All right, so then some other kind of sillier magic movies. There's Practical Magic, mm-hmm. which is a film oh, a lot of my movie. girlfriends, meaning I'm married, uh, girls who I'm friends with like me. love Practical mm-hmm. Magic. And then The Craft. These are 90s <gasps> yeah. movies. I love both. You know, did, have you seen those? Sandra, Bu- or which- Sandra Bullock and Nicole Kidman is Practical Magic. Right. And uh, Nev Campbell is right. uh, The Craft. The Craft is very yeah. dark and Much darker, creepy. yeah. Practical Magic yeah, is actually quite right. depressing does, too. Yeah. She's like cursed. Everyone yeah. she falls in love with dies. You yeah. know? It's interesting. I think as a, for me as a magician, the ones where I'm really like excited about are the real more like magician based ones, like the Prestige, Illusionist, Naisimis. Yeah. Makes sense. The other ones. Well, they like, are the better ones. I've but, got a few more I'll talk about. Yeah, but, but like Harry Potter and these different, where, where they're more fantasy. Hmm. I just like sci-fi movies too. So right. I, I yeah. but I'm not in that. My mindset is more just enjoying it as a movie. Right. As, as entertainment, to, yeah. Yeah. But in Harry Potter, there's a scene, I forget which which one it was, where Hermione's got a bag and she's pulling stuff out of this bag. It's like a, mm-hmm. it's like never ending. She's pulling it's, all this stuff out. Yeah, it's one of the later ones. Yeah. And it just all things keep coming out it's almost like mary poppins bag right <laughs> and there is um an old magic illusion with a top hat where you keep pulling stuff out of a top hat and then i use that same concept for wizard wars with the, the cereal box where i just kept pulling stuff out of the cereal box and then when i saw that harry potter it's in like in the film what's really cool is even if they do use cgi some there's some stuff they're doing where i know they're using some like illusion magic effects mm. and then i get really excited i'm like or I go, oh, that's that's clever. They use, you know, blah blah method. Yeah. Um, that part I really like. But then these some of these other ones, like the like the ones you just mentioned, they um I enjoy watching them, but I'm more as just I don't get excited as a magician to watch them. I get excited yeah. as just a person to watch. Of yeah. course. As a, I get excited as a muggle to watch them. Hey, did you see uh, the incredible Burt Wonderstone yeah. with Steve Carell and Jim Carrey? You never saw that one? No. Boy, it kind of came and went. Mm-hmm. It had a lot of potential and ultimately fell flat um it, it's more of a comedy we get a kick out of it as magicians right. because some of the people they're making fun of like they're par- being parody of we know what where they're what they're right. referencing but to me i go you know that movie it really was kind of made more for, i mean it can be entertaining for layman but it really was made more for the magic world and right you know when you see jim carrey playing his parts just like he's kind of a mix between a david blaine and a chris angel yeah. You know, just really kind of that, <laughs> like on acid. Oh yes, I think I actually did. <laughs> it it see was that a bit movie. wacky. It started promising, and then it just kind of went downhill. I was entertained by it, but again, I I, I categorize movies like there's some movies that I think are great for when you're sick and just on the couch. There's some movies that I love going to the theater, and then there's some that are great on an airplane. And yeah, that was like, one of those airplane. Like I'm on the plane, I'm I'm gonna watch something. 
And then you've got Hocus Pocus, one of my wife's favorite. I love you love Hocus that too. Pocus. But that's more witches and it's brew. It's a Disney and... movie too. Like I, it, I consider that a kids movie. That have you I seen love. Hocus Pocus? Jessica? I don't. I don't think I've seen it. I mean, I know I what you're talking about. It's like but... a chick movie. I don't and I don't mean that in a disrespectful <laughs> way, but like my wife tried to get me to watch it, and I was like, oh my god, it's like this is Sarah Jessica Parker, Bette Midler. Bette Midler. Oh, it was terrible. Um, it, it was 90s, like early 90s. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I, I mean, I always remember the, the. the I, re- I can remember the um, the cover art. I just mm-hmm. don't. Rem- I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, that. it's quite well known. It's a great like kids Halloween. Movie. It's not really magic. I mean, you're right. I've got a few others here, and they're not really the Sources Apprentice with Nicolas Cage mm-hmm. and Jay Baruchel. Did you see that one? That was a Disney film. Yeah. And again, it's more just kind of fantastical. Yeah. You know, and then uh, Oz the Great and Powerful, which I thought was actually kind of interesting. That's the the one that they did about five years ago with James Franco. I hated that. Uh, And and then he goes to Oz and he becomes the man behind the curtain. But he's really just... But see, that again, that's more like trickery. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't a huge fan of that one. It wasn't great. But what was the... There was a movie, I think it was in the 80s, and it was almost like the follow-up to The Wizard of Oz. And there was like these characters. Oh, Return the to Oz. Yeah, Return to Oz. Yeah, the that. TikTok. Yeah, yeah. Joseph, we have that. to have like a binge <laughs> movie day. I think so. Not when I remember getting a kick out of it. I haven't seen that forever. But... You know, that's Fariza, Fariza Bulk as a kid. She's the actress as a girl. That film was terrifying. You had yeah. the wheelers, you had TikTok the robot, it was way and then scarier you had than the, the witch and... with the heads. Mm-hmm. She had like a hallway of heads, and yeah. she would change yeah, heads. Yeah, that's right. And yeah, and uh, Dorothy is in an, a mental institution. They're about to give her electric shock therapy, that's awful. and she escapes. Yeah. and goes to Oz. Oh my! I can't. That's you. Literally, just took me back thirty years. <laughs> yeah. I. I I haven't seen that film in 30 I, I, years. Return here, to kinda, Oz. That's what it was called. I kind of want to see it again now. Kinda, oh my God. See it. That's so crazy. But I remember it freaking me out. Like, I was like, this is, whenever I'd see it, and I'd be like, this is, this is scary. It like, was this a creature. Disney movie, Yenny. Sounds really In disturbing. the early 80s. <laughs> yeah. It was. I saw it in the theater. Wow. Yeah, no, that, wow. Return, <laughs> the return. Of, yeah. Return to Oz. That's what it was of called. One. Teen Which Witch. One? Did you ever see Teen oh, Witch? Oh, God, no. Total 90s. Um, is that a like movie? Sabrina fl- the Teen Witch? No, it's called Teen Witch. Oh, well, I'm it's glad about, I haven't seen it. No, it's the classic, like, sort of unpopular girl becomes um, on her 16th birthday, something happens. She goes to, like, a, a seer or a re- reader and she turns into a witch and becomes all popular. Yeah. It's a great movie. I haven't seen it, but I know. I'm, again, My that's day. one of those ones where I've, I've, I'm familiar with the title. Anyway, just because we're going uh, magic movies, they do actual mm. effects, like like little tricks and things mm-hmm. in that. Are there any other magic movies that I've missed? Because again, I can't really think of others like that kind of spotlight magic, or is it really? It really is there, prestige, the illusionist. Yeah. Now you see me. Those seem to be like mm. the prevalent ones. There's a few others that fall. There was a few others, but I don't remember the names of them. There's some from like like old old no no you're right exactly so when i googled it there were some but i had never seen them i'd never even heard of them right yeah um but other than that it's really not a whole whole lot there's um but there what was that there was a movie i think this was another it was either late 80s or early 90s but it's probably and it was something with the warlock there was like i think it was called warlock it was called warlock julian sands yeah the British actor. And I remember... Those were I, mature movies. I saw those way too young. They made like four sequels. Yeah. And, but I remember kind of liking those. Like just yeah. him is like the first one was wizard. really good. Hmm. Um, well, there was a, a good warlock and an evil warlock. 
right? Yeah, yeah. And, and they get like transported from another dimension into to Earth, present time Earth in the 80s. And and yeah, I remember in Julian yeah. Sands with his long blonde locks, he was the evil mm-hmm. warlock. They were called, it was called Warlock. You know who plays a really cool warlock? And I just saw this recently and I and I actually totally really- geeking out now. <laughs> I loved his image in it. And I loved, I, I was thinking as a magician, that would be a cool magician like character- was Matthew McConaughey in this? Um, oh, uh, the Dark Tower. The Dark Tower. Yeah. yeah. Did you see that? I just saw it. Like he's the man in black. Yeah. And Stephen it, King. And he has this really cool, like, I mean, he's evil, but he's right. like mm. so confident, and he has like this way about him that's so you know I don't know, but I, when I'm watching, I'm like, wow, there's actually some things like some of the, his looks and some of his demeanor that would be kind of cool on stage, like mm-hmm. if you could recreate some of that have you ever thought of growing long golden ginger <laughs> yes yeah. actually i think i did about four years ago i had hair down to my shoulders did you really yeah I was like, All right, that's not working out for me I'll no, I, I like your look uh, now you yeah, have a very cool and approachable look oh, thank you. if you do good all right look i think we're winding down look i loved you on the show um for the listeners can we do anything in terms of uh, a magic trick or something that might be able to translate yeah is I there think, anything we can I do think so we might have to um let me grab yeah, it. We but... can stop for a second mm-hmm. and, and uh, you know, let's see if we can do something that, you know, obviously Yenny and I are going to get all of the uh, entertainment value. Pretty much. Um, but still, just to give you guys a taste, because seriously, what you do is incredible. We'll try to explain what he's doing. Yeah. And then when we're done, um, we'll kind of wrap up the uh, the episode. Okay? Yeah, you got it. But yeah, I mean, what I wanted to try was to attempt uh, to entertain, obviously, money, any and I, but also the uh, listeners, give them a taste of uh, your brilliance because uh, Joseph truly is a master magician and illusionist. We're huge fans, man. Well, so you. I wish nothing but sis. Yeah. No, success if you, um, to you. If you pull up tarantula on my shoulder, I will never speak <laughs> to you again. Don't pull a snake out. <laughs> no, of no, 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 where he's been sitting there comfortably Please. for an hour. Oh my God, I hate you. Now I'm nervous. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I figured because they're listening, they can't see anything. Correct. So I thought I would do something where you guys can't really see it either, even though you're here. So I'm going to show you. This is an invisible fair, deck actually. of cards. Yeah, it's an invisible deck of cards. I'm going to so take the box So he literally off. has an invisible deck of cards. Yeah, you, there's, yeah they're invisible. But I'm going to shuffle these invisible cards. And you can't even hear them. But I'm going to just shuffle them so you know I'm not cheating. He's and, shuffling. Uh, Tony, the movie guy. Thank Any you. card you want, just take one invisible card out, but do not let me see it. Tony's picking a card. Very good. Now, don't let me see I like it. the commentary. <laughs> <laughs> I do too. I'm going to turn away so you can make sure the two of you see it, okay. the invisible card. Okay. Let me know when you're done. Tony's showing me the card. Okay. okay. Don't say anything else. Now I'm going to flip all the invisible cards face up. So yours is the only face down card. Go ahead and put it back. Perfect. And then that goes in the invisible box and that goes right here in my lap. When I snap my fingers, that makes the cards visible so we can all see them. Oh, that's embarrassing. They didn't hang on. There they are. <laughs> There's a box of cards. And box here is cards. a real actual, you can see these cards. It's a red bicycle deck of cards. I'll attest um, to that. It, before I open it, so you know I don't cheat, for the first time out loud, do you remember the name of your card? Oh, the number? The number on the suit? I remember, I remember the number. Yeah, what was the number? Um, you want me to tell mm-hmm. you? Out loud. Seven. Seven. And do you remember, was it red or black? Um, I think it's red. Red. And was that a hearts or diamonds? Do you remember at all seeing that? Hearts. Hearts, a seven of hearts. Interesting. So I'm going to open the box of cards here. I'm doing this very slowly. I'm just going He's to. doing it very slowly. I'm just going <laughs> to open this. Um, oh. Um, you said seven of hearts? Yes. Yes, sir. There is one card face down out of all of these cards. There is Would literally you just pull one that out and let us down. see it? 
You have the seven of hearts. Oh my Basically. god! <laughs> the only See, card. How face. do you do that? That's so impossible. How? Oh I do gosh. it very well. I thought That's you did amazing. do it very well. So Tony and I, just to let you listeners know, we did not plan this at all. <laughs> oh no, of course not. Well, well I didn't even know amazing. we had a box of cards because I, I was just kind of, kind of playing along with the uh, the made up. Well, they're also invisible. invisible so. <laughs> well, that was awesome. Cards. That's incredible. All right, you got anything else? There you go. Is that um, pretty much it? Or do you want to do one other? Oh, we're going to milk listeners? you for what you got. No, I think well, that's no, he'll probably do more for us afterwards. But. <laughs> yeah, that might for for not being able to he- to see it. That might. Be I the understand best. exactly. However, however, we, well, I'll see. I've got some great ideas for down the road when I can. I'll I'll we'll we'll set up right. I'll send you a box with something in it I well in that. advance. Yeah, that's right. You said you'd do like a whole like prediction mm-hmm. thing. Send us the box. Uh, yeah, we'll absolutely do that on a future absolutely. episode. Cool. That's awesome. Well, look, Joseph, I've loved having you on the show. Uh, you're welcome anytime. Um, look, listeners, check out Joseph Rayom. He, he's a phenomenal magician. It was great chatting with you. Thank okay? you so much. So guys. great having you. All right. Good night, everyone. Good night. Thanks again for joining us for another new episode of Tony the Movie Guy, the podcast. As usual, you can follow us on all of our social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Tony the Movie Guy. You can also support us by becoming a patron on our Patreon page. The links will be in the show notes along with all of our usual stuff. Don't forget to leave a iTunes rating and review. We would really appreciate it. And again, just to remind you, all of Joseph's information is also in the show notes. So you can follow him, look for him coming out in an area near you. You can go check him out. He puts on a great show. You guys will have so much fun. Again, we really appreciate you listening and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye.